fellow Americans, a nuclear conflict could well be mankind's last. We want to make this a more peaceful world. Mr. President, is the threat real? Yes, sir, we believe it is. Give Mr. Adler whatever he wants. I know you won't fail us. Uh, right off the top of the show, I want to get some reactions because I, I don't know what this means or how to process it. Uh, what is Ronald Reagan doing in Call of Duty, Felix? <laughs> okay, Woo! so Call of, Call of Duty has definitely been reading my posts. Um, I have been demanding a Call of Duty Gladio for months now. Yeah. And here's the unfortunate thing. Here's the unfortunate thing. Ronald Reagan is in this Call of Duty and, you know, probably he's going to they're going to retcon history like they did in the last one. They made the highway of death a crime perpetrated by Russians, not Americans. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what, during one, the Gulf War, they said Russia yes. bombed that highway. <laughs> they oh they, they killed retreating, you know, uh, poor, uh. poor little conscripts. But uh, so, yeah, the gamers are all one, right. For y'all. The, for the, for the, <laughs> yeah, for this one, they're probably going to have Reagan go like, hey, uh the Sandinistas are selling cocaine to fund human rights abuses and killing nuns. You know, why don't you stop it for me? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, rescue this guy, Patrice Lumumba, from the Russians. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 here, is my, here is my pitch. Here is my pitch for a job for myself. Here is a pitch to help uh, uh, Call of Duty make a better game. There's a guy you're missing in this. You've had a lot of great villains of history in your franchise. You've had Kevin Spacey. Uh, you've had <laughs> Ron Reagan. How the hell are you making a game about being a CIA operative during the Cold War and Big Dog H.W. is not in there? He was going one of on? the puppet masters. He was that dumbass Reagan in there. He was just filling his diapers during that whole time. Yeah, Reagan didn't know what was going on. Reagan was looking for a chimp and uh, a storyboard. He thought he was in a movie. H.W., uh, the Michael Jordan of the deep state. Yeah. We're not going to have him in there. Yeah. I think he was uh, the one. They ran a red country out of the vice president's office. H.W. moved more weight than Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, is this game a, like available to play now? It's going to be available pretty soon. Me and yeah, we we, we want to do a stream of it. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that. The, the, I was, just, I was just reading today. Uh, our our friend Seamus said that he saw it, like there was like a cut scene in one of the trailers, or I guess you what what he'd seen where it's like it's 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 Reagan in the war room and they're planting all the planning all their dirty wars in Central America and someone like a CIA agent or like a you know like a appointee just says like, uh, but sir, we can't do this. This this mission is illegal. And then, like, someone else said, like, the cool CIA agent is, like, every mission we do is illegal. <laughs> well, never yeah. mind that. Yeah. I never mind that. Game. Hey, who wants – hey, do you guys know where I can get industrial amounts of baby laxative yeah. to cut all this cocaine that I'm uh, shipping yeah. into the country? There should be – yeah, there should be a mini game where you have to yes. – there should be, like, a forced stealth mission where you have to sneak into Daniel Ellsberg's psychologist's office. Um, <laughs> I uh, – yeah, no. I just – I should the Gladio game. Do you guys know my idea, right? Yeah, it's very good. Honestly, I, I have this idea for a game, the Operation Gladio game, where you're you're you'd be a veteran of like you'd be a veteran of like the French Indo. You'd be a French guy. You'd be the vet, veteran guy who committed war crimes in French Indonesia, and it would be like Knights of the Old Republic or Mass Effect, because there are alignments you can go to. You can work for P two slash NATO Gladio CIA. And you can do these assassinations and bombings and false flags, and you can get uh, CIA points, devil points, 
where you can buy <laughs> American manufactured guns and access weapon caches and access uh, American safe houses, sort of like GTA, where you go to save your game. Or you can work for Russia. You can do the Americans. Or, and this is like the fun, like the chaos one, you can work for the Jackal. Yeah. Yeah. Just whoever's yeah. paying. Yeah. Yeah. Just hijacking you, commercial airliners. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. throwing letter bombs into the like Israeli embassy. Yeah. You can yeah. be this. You can be a chaos free agent. Yeah. Who, like you work for Jackal or you work for Hafez al Assad. And it just like sometimes you work for But it's like you get three different endings. One ending is a chaos ending. One ending is a CIA P2 Gladio ending. And one ending is the, Ru- the Russians win the Cold War ending. But so it would be like, like a, a sandbox game that takes place in 1970s Europe and yeah. uh, and and uh, the Middle East. Uh, and it would – yeah, you'd be able to like drive cars and planes and early choppers. You, you'd you have access to uh, – the combat mechanic, I would want it to be similar to MGS5. But that's my idea for the Gladio the game. I want yeah. a Gladio game. Well – as far as yeah, far you, as, like you can either do like an Aldo Moro if you're Russian, you do the Aldo Moro escort mission, or you do the Aldo Moro uh, assassination. Yeah. Mission. Well, okay, I, I'm not familiar with the Call of Duty series as much as you are, Felix. But I, I think you were onto something when you met, like you mentioned that this version, the Cold War Call of Duty, should have little like mini games and puzzles, sort of like uh, Resident Evil or Bioshock, where like yeah. at, at some point during the game you have to like find the right jelly beans if you're Reagan. There's a side mission where you can be Nancy Reagan's astrologer and like you have to like align the, 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 the constellations right to give Reagan good advice. And then, of course, there has to be a um, John Hinckley side quest. There's, yeah. Yeah. You, you posted about that and said, warning, you're not impressing Jodie Foster. Enough. <laughs> uh, you are too I, far. Yes. Jodie Foster has not noticed you yet. I, um, I think like there should be like a little TV where you can watch McLaughlin group. That would be awesome. <laughs> the GTA, you can watch TV, but it's like it's like GTA satire where it's like, oh, this is the gay poop show. <laughs> it's like I don't know what's satirizing, but this was just straight up episodes of McLaughlin Group. They have to be cheap to license. And but- as and as you sort of like uh, play out this campaign on, against various alignment, you know, on the side of or against various uh, polit- political alignments, you can see like uh, world events be shaped. And then um, McLaughlin and Eleanor Cliff talk about it on TV as Patrice Lumumba is would, or yeah. isn't assassinated. Yeah, I oh man, this is I think in the Call of Duty game, there's a f- bunch of famous sniper missions in the Modern Warfare series. I think we all know what sniper missions should be in the Call of Duty Cold War game. <laughs> if we're talking about HW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind oh, a white like, behind the picket fence on a yeah. grassy knoll. That should, be the, that should be the first yard. mission. That should be like the um the sort of like uh the cold open to the video game before they take you to the character select screen. You're just at, at Dealey Plaza walking around either, you know, behind the grassy knoll or just uh filming the Zapruder film. You should be Charles Harrison. <laughs> yes. You should be what one of the tramps. Yeah. yeah. You get to open an umbrella in the middle of a sunny day, fun shit like that. Yeah. But it's sort of an open world sandbox, you know? No, I, well, I, I, um, if you're a member of the Bush family, I would like to use your patriarch's likeness for video game purposes. Uh, if you are George P. Bush, please contact me. If you're Neil Bush, especially, <laughs> please contact me. Well, we should, uh, we should definitely play this game on the stream, though. Yeah, we, we're, oh, we're going to. We're going back to the office. America's reopening. Yeah, no, we got to do it. I can't wait. Yeah. And also, Neil Bush, back. if you're holding, let me know. Well, anyway, should be a 
Officially start the show, kick things off. Let's do it. Um, so obviously it's me, Matt, and Felix with you, coming at you this week. Um, I guess uh, just opening things up, uh, it's on now the final night of the Republican convention tonight, uh, taking place as, what, like two hurricanes to slam the Gulf Coast at the same time? Um, One of them was a tropical storm, I believe. Okay, well. So everything's actually okay. Well, prayers up for everyone on the Gulf Coast right now. Obviously, prayers up for everyone in uh, Wisconsin and Kenosha and elsewhere in this country right now. It's just, you know, indicative of this backdrop of these two competing uh, carnivals that are vying for the job of running this country. It's just like taking place in a backdrop of like several just galloping catastrophes and atrocities unfolding every fucking day and getting worse. And it's just... to, to see the, re, the sort of dueling reactions to the reality of contemporary American life offered by these two parties is depressing, frightening, and nauseating on, like, on, on so many different levels. So I guess I just want to begin there because, you know, I, I, I spent last week watching the DNC. I've watched not as much of the RNC this week as I, as I did of the DNC, but it's just the competing visions of, like, what they're – how they describe America and what they're offering is stark, but not in the way that they like, you know, the media would have you believe about like, Oh, oh my God, like the choice couldn't be clearer. Cause like the Democrat convention was like, or democratic convention. I should say, I don't want to sound like, <laughs> I mean, you listen to the RNC enough times yeah. you will, cause they yeah. all do that now. It's yeah. every single one of them does that now. Cause it's just triggering the libs is the only real, uh, vector. Yeah. yeah, the Democrat, the Democrat, Democratic Party mini culture war is sort of the perfect microcosm for this because it's like it's something a no one should give a shit about, but b like you would only do it because you want to like make Paul Begala mad, but c <laughs> it's like you already sound like an idiot doing it. Yeah, and I guess like just just from like my sort of like bird's eye view of both of these conventions, it's like the Democratic convention was essentially, I mean, they're doing the thing that old Slick Willie was so famed for. You know, I, I hear your pain. You know, they're so good at, at hearing your pain, at seeing your pain, listening you're to valid. you. You're valid. Like, you're seen. Yeah, and, and, like, acknowledging, like, all of these terrible problems that, these country ha- that our country has while not offering any solution or even, like, mild, mild, mildly ameliorative uh, policy or proposal of things about, like, okay, if you've lost your job, health insurance, home, dying of this fucking illness, being killed by the police. They're just like, we acknowledge this. Biden then- actually said during his speech, and this one blew me away, he said, it's like, it's like my dad used to say, I don't, I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I expect them to understand them. Yeah. Like, well, what good does that do? Why would you want that, you fucking weirdo? Why yeah. would you give a shit? <laughs> that is one of the most ideologically insane things I've ever heard. That it's like, yeah, I don't, I in no way want my life to be better and the lives of my kids to be better. I want, I want Eisenhower to validate my my lived experience. Yeah, like that's so insane. Yeah, that's so. If Biden's dad actually said that, I don't even think we could get mad at him anymore. It'd yeah. be like getting mad at Tony Soprano, but realizing he was raised by Livia and Johnny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like they're 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 making all of these um, overtures to like these in, intractable and metastasizing problems that we everyone sees around us all the time, and they're just like, yes, your pain is valid. It is acknowledged, and it's like they know all of the problems. Like they can they can see reality, but they are resolutely opposed to doing anything about it, or even like pretending that they are going to. Uh, well, they, they fix any of them, but like I they just, live just, in a world, and they want to, to make us live in a world where it's not even a question of choice. These are not resolvable issues. You you have all we can do is give you a chance to survive in the market. That's it. Intervention is not possible. Yeah, it's yeah, it, that, it reminds me of the uh, perfect uh, JK three thing where it's like uh no one should be evicted without having access to a lawyer yeah it's not it's not that you should have it's not that you should have this fundamental human dignity and uh and and comfort that you won't be treated like a stray dog (laughs) that your life is worth something that your family's life is worth something that we fundamentally value life it's that you the process is fundamentally valuable it's so valuable that we're going to guarantee your right to take part in it Yep. Yeah, the Democratic Convention message was like, you know, Ash and the Xenomorph, preserve the process, all other considerations secondary, crew expendable. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. Okay, so like, that's the Democrats, which, yeah. which left me depressed in a way that I, I wasn't really anticipating because it was just like, oh, this is literally the best we can hope for out of, out of this political system that we all have to live under. The Republican Convention gave me a very different feeling of depression and nausea, which is like, if the Democrats are going to essentially acknowledge reality by feeling your pain and not doing anything about it, the Republican convention is like it was it's like it's being broadcast from a different galaxy. And to talk about <laughs> it in terms of like lies or hypocrisy or just fucking schizophrenic fantasia is to not really do it justice because the overall no. message of what I've seen from the Republican convention, if I could distill it down to one thing, it's that, oh, all of these riots, the disease uh, everyone losing their job and health insurance. If Donald Trump was president, this kind of thing wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. He he, he at, because they have also metabolized the powerlessness of 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 Americans the way that Democrats assume we have. Only they their uh, vector for power is not having the president like feel their pain. It's having the president feel their anger and hate you know the what, same yeah. people they hate. You know what it reminds me so much of? It reminds me so much of 2010, 2011 on Twitter with the Obama bots, how they would go like, oh, you have no idea what Obama wants to do. If only Obama had, you know, 60 votes, if only he had the kind, if only you fucking people showed up to vote for midterms, we'd have card check. We'd have a public option, but you don't, you don't understand. And you, the only thing you can do is blame him. The conservatives, I mean, it's very poetic. You always become what you hate. And they became the Obama bots, but their thing isn't Congress because they can't even make that argument. Their thing is, you know, if there was a conservative Ellen, if people, yeah. if people, <laughs> yeah, if people, if people, you know, respected like this Boy Scout who sold cookies for troops or whatever, yeah. idiotic culture war issue. That's their equivalent to a congressional supermajority that they don't have the culture yet. And you know what? It's your fault. You said it's your fault that we haven't won this culture. Yep. Yep. And QAnon is just a more advanced, more entertaining version of that. 
Why is things still bad? Because it's actually happening behind the scenes, and I have a whole architecture in my head where this all makes sense. That's just pushing that logic to its furthest conclusion, which makes sense because the people who embrace PewDiePie are the people who are like the most loosely tied to reality, so they can embrace the most sort of lurid and fantastical version of that coping mechanism. But that was like a, a more grounded version of that is all that the RNC has been. It's like, yeah, yeah. The, play, the America's a hellhole covered uh, with uh, Antifa thugs and, and uh, monsters. And uh, it's because we don't have uh, because, according to Jim, uh, got canceled. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, just like the Obama bot 5D chess thing. They invented that. By the way, yeah. <laughs> that was their thing where it was like, oh, no, you don't understand Getting the Supreme Court nominee blocked is good because it shows them as hypocrites. No, you don't understand. Losing the public option is good because it actually uh, it it paves the way for universal coverage better. You don't understand. Car check, car check will actually decrease union membership. He's doing it this way. In the same way is yeah. Um, Antifa, Antifa in their minds, like Antifa running the streets or chaos or American Carnage. It's good. Because it's a lead up to arresting all the child sacrificers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we're gonna and, light it all up, and then boom, it's all yeah. coming. Yeah. And oh, the other, the other really wait. funny thing, the other really funny thing in terms of like, I mean, there are many funny things in the contrast between these conventions, but like AOC got sixty seconds at the DNC, and probably at least an hour combined at the RNC in terms of like yeah. how focused they are on her and this idea that the Bernie AOC wing is is secretly controlling Joe Biden. That yeah. they're in charge of the party now. I was just going to say that there is one distinction, and this is the one thing that gives the, Demo- the Republicans an edge to make up for the fact that they have, the, in a broad demographic sense, like the fact that their specific form of cultural reaction to you know, conditions ends up validating a lot of you know, racial and, 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 and uh, gender eth- uh, hierarchies that are alienating to an increasing percentage of the population, that's bad for them. But what they have to make up for it, at least a little bit, and the distinction that I noticed is embodied by something I was talking about on the stream the other night, the right to try. Yes, the right to try is such a good phrase for them. Because the Republicans are just as much uh, committed to destroying any conception of horizon shifting in terms of our political economy that's not going anywhere that's not negotiable both parties it's not negotiable uh the democrats say yeah it sucks but i hear you the republicans say yeah it sucks and i fucking hear you <laughs> and your president is just gonna watch tv like you do and yell at the same people you do with no expectation anything will change but there's something called there was something that was passed by trump called the right to try bill or something and it, it's another one of these things like anything that he points to it's something that already existed in some form that he just like put his fucking cookie covered fingers on and uh and this and labeled and it was oh it's a it's a it's a thing that allows people to try experimental drug treatments for terminal illnesses and not have to wait for fda approval which it was already i i don't know that much about it i think it was a thing that was already kind of available anyway and they just sort of you know, they created a thing that he could put his name on around it and they had a speaker talk about it a woman who claimed that obama had stolen her bones <laughs> Uh, and her family wanted and and friends her family and friends wanted her to die in a ditch but uh trump saved her life by allowing her to try this medicine i uh i need i need the bones of a white woman to contact the law on the moon <laughs> and you know it, like this is another thing where in narrow terms you're talking about a very small number of people with 
relatively rare, you know, of uh, uh, terminal illnesses, talking about relatively rare and expensive experimental treatments. But in general, that ref- reflects the approach that Trump has had to things like hydrochloroquine. Now you got the My Pillow guy telling people to just chew oleander root until they see God, <laughs> and it's it's not a joke, by the way. For the Republicans, there is a, and it it it, it goes in in tandem with their approach to the economy, which is yeah, no, things are bad, and there's no real way anything is going to get better at a structural level. Uh, we're our term we're a terminal patient as a country, but maybe you'll get lucky. There's that. It's the hope. Maybe you jam an oleander branch up your ass and you cure your COVID. Maybe like, uh, you invent a, a, a new type of pillow. Like that's why the my pillow guy is going to be the next president. Maybe you sp- smoke crack for thirty years, but and are going to die. But then you figure out, hey, this I know a way to sleep off my crack binges uh, without hurting my neck and become a millionaire. <laughs> Everything's hell. Your life will probably be hell. But we're leaving out a chance because we have no taxation on rich people. We have no regulation of the economy and the, and the systems that pr- uh, produce things for the market and, or for medicine. And maybe you get lucky, which, hey, well, there, more than the Democrats offer. The Democrats yeah. say there's no hope. The lid is on top. And all we can do is suffer together. Well, Matt, yeah. I mean, that, that theme was uh, brilliantly reflected in what I think was definitely the highlight of the Republican National Convention thus far. Obviously, um, God Emperor Trump speaks tonight. But up until, up until now, by far the, the best speech and most memorable one given was by Kimberly Gargoyle, where she oh, basically yeah. she recited the lyrics to California Uber Alice, essentially. Like, he was just like, <laughs> Governor Jerry Brown is coming for your home and child. Uh, but like her, the, another big refrain she kept saying was, um, the Democrats want to kill your dream. They're the dream yep. police. They want to take away your dream. And like the funny thing about the that dream is like, police are coming out of your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as psychotic as that is, it's like there's a certain kind of truth in it. Because as we were saying, like the Democrats are just like, yeah, no, like th- things are bleak. They're real bad now. But you, I guess what? Like, you know, maybe they'll get a little bit better if you just vote for our guy. Whereas like the Republicans are like, no, we want you to believe in yourself. Yeah. Like your grandmother may be dying of covid. But like, hey. Put some D batteries in the microwave. Sip the juice that comes <laughs> off of it and make give you superpowers. <laughs> yep. And it's like, hey, that's a, that's a thing. That, hey, it's it's hope. It's a dream. It's the American dream. And even if it's almost vanishingly impossibly impossible and statistically unlikely, any one of you could achieve it. Well, Whereas Matt, the Democrats say, well, that's not realistic. That's the, and because and guess what it is isn't super ego party. They're the super ego party. They can't get anybody's hopes up. Even the hopes that they can like huff Freon to cure their diabetes. Well, Matt, also Whereas the, the Republicans are like, who gives a shit? Huff the Freon. What do I care? Uh, Matt, th- th- that message is also especially funny. The idea that like America used to be a place where anyone can make it and anyone has yep. a shot at it through <laughs> pluck, luck, perseverance, skill, you know, bright, whatever. That message is exclusively being delivered to you by the president's own family and in-laws. <laughs> and seriously. It's bizarre. I mean, Matt, like I keep thinking about like I, I really think you summed it up the best that like what the, the Democratic Party is offering you as a country, as, as, if, if America is a terminal patient right now, our empire, like our fucking government, our economy. Do you want to die like Edward G. Robinson in Soylent Green, where someone's holding your yep. hand and you're looking at like lovely film strips of deers frolicking under a waterfall or what the Republicans are offering? 
America, would you like to die like Tony Montana? Just being like, yep. I take you all to fucking hell, man! <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the, that is what watching the Republican convention feels like. It, like This is a party ruled by outright psychopaths, demons, and criminals who are just saying, like, yeah, like we are going to take you and the world to hell with us. Yep. Welcome to the Terror Dome, bitch. Like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I reign on my, my crown of lies here at the fucking pit of hell. <laughs> I can't wait to bring everyone along for the ride. And yeah, that's about it. It's just, yeah, do you want to go out causing as much pain and cruelty as possible to everyone else around you? Or like the Democrats basically result in the same outcome, but like we'll all feel bad about it. Yeah. What? That sucks. Well, you want me to be mature. You want me to be mature. What's the benefit to me of being mature about this shit? What's the benefit to me of like accepting my death? Well, it's nice. It's polite. You get to be a good person with the other good people. Why do I give a fuck? You're trying to impose a, a etiquette on me that I don't share. You're trying to impose a social like uh, expectation of behavior that is associated with certain like social markings that signal goodness that I am not invested in. I don't fucking care if you think I'm a good person. I'm going to have the free on. And uh, I mean, like, I mean, that writ large is the Republican Party right now. I mean, like, whether it's the post office, whether it's the Melania Trump's ludicrous Hatch Act violation, <laughs> giving her speech from the Rose Garden where she just uh, bulldozed all the flowers and the tree planted by uh, Jackie Kennedy, uh, which is really funny, by the way. And I'm glad she did it. But um, it just everyone just <laughs> says, like, oh, like, this is so illegal. Oh, my God, this is so openly corrupt. They're all doing it openly. Someone needs to do something about it. And it's just like, well, what? What are you going to do? They, like, they've figured out the cheat code, which is that if you hold the power in government, like, the law doesn't apply to you, and they don't give a fuck if anyone knows about it or cares about it, because they know, what are you going to do at the end of the day? I guess maybe or maybe yeah. prosecute them if they leave office. I mean, George W. Bush and Dick Cheney got away scot-free. Zero percent chance. What are the chances that they Zero. do, it too? Zero percent chance. And I, the reason yeah. for that is people think, oh, you know, Obama, he didn't have the guts to go after Bush, and or he was just too worried about political uh, fallout. No. It's because these, these guys don't want to create a precedent whereby they're accountable for their yes. actions. Because they do nothing but crimes. Being president is just doing crimes all day. You don't want to ever be out accountable for Whatever they may be, you don't want to ever create a precedent where you're accountable for it. Yeah. Um, I don't, just to go back a little bit to the dreams versus like make the people you hate mad thing, I... Uh, I think it's interesting. The single thing they touched on with Biden the most, we talked about this a lot, how the marketing job for Biden is how good he is at going to funerals. But his <laughs> his origin story of his son dying of cancer is so interesting to me because it's like, you know, the Kennedy comparisons are hack. But it is interesting that uh, previous Democrats even, not even you, you don't even have to look at more inspiring political actors but democrats is we're gonna go to the moon we're gonna we're gonna fix poverty we have all these grand ambitions that's why i should be the guy i should be the guy because i can i can appeal to our best our 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 higher angles or our 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 greatest ambitions or i can solve these end of history problems and now it's just like my life was sad. <laughs> I understand you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my life yeah. was sad too. I wasn't able, like, uh, no, like, no, I wasn't th- through everything I did for the health insurance industry, for the hospital industry, for 
the general financial industry for defense contractors, it could not save my second son or my firstborn son. But, um, you know, it taught me a little bit about how awful your life is. <laughs> don't you want that? Yeah, it's no, amazing. Felix, Felix that was amazing. That was the Biden pitch over four nights. The people like either him or, or Dr. Jill Biden talking or like the people around him, they just underscored like over and over again that Joe is familiar with the Grim Reaper. Like he has felt its icy hand touch his life in many, many ways, as you probably have recently as well. So, hey, here's a guy who understands. Yeah, and he's he's not going to make it really like, no, like don't, don't count your chickens. Don't, don't get your hopes up. You're still going to go bankrupt going to the hospital once. You won't have a primary care physician. When you never get your job back, you're probably never going to have insurance again. Maybe if you find a bunch of Spanish galleons, you can pay for two months of Cobra. But for the most part, just know that in there, the president, he knows what it's like to feel this pain that you have to to suffer and grieve. Yeah, yeah. He relates to he relates to you just like how, you know, your feeling you get when you're shadow banned. Trump knows that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Felix, because here's the other another big feeling I got watching the RNC is that like, okay, for the last week and then throughout the entire Democratic primary, like uh, I, I, we're sort of treated to this constant refrain that you know Twitter isn't real life. Log off. You know, like the like all the lefty people on Twitter, like get get out get out of your bubble. America's not like that. People don't think this way. The things you think are X, Y, and Z. Like these aren't real issues. It's skewing your perception of the, our political world, which is like and you know, there's a fair amount of truth in that. But to to believe that or like use it as a cudgel against like the the left for wanting or asking for too much, and then watch the Republican convention where literally almost every speaker issue and video package was about some bullshit that only people who are online know about or rather they know about it because people online talk about it and then Fox News talks about it the next day right but it was like cancel culture is like the biggest fucking problem facing America right now if you watch the RNC and like I'm sorry like isn't that living in a bit of a bubble and like being fucking out of touch with like the I know it's the Democrats are always hilarious for like how transparently out of touch they are with like the average everyday American whatever the fuck that means because it's like they're all you know Hollywood sickos and fucking rich people and you know like all these transparent attempts to relate to them and feel their pain always rings a little hollow but I mean come on like the you can't you apply that same reasoning to the Republicans who are bringing out fucking Nicholas Sandman and fucking like yeah like someone who lost their fucking Facebook account for posting a a meme about how they should you should kill Obama because he's the, uh, a, a transsexual demon or something. Well, there's yeah. there's a second codicil to the sentence that Twitter is real life when libs say it because you know they're not trying to break through the the the, the discourse uh, uh, illusion that people are trapped in and get out of the cave. The second half of that sentence that is unspoken and assumed is MSNBC is real life. Yeah, yeah, That's what they yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, and the New York like, Times is real life. Yeah, and so like that distinction, they're distinguishing people on the left, like an emergent left that is disenchanted with the democratic establishment and with liberalism, and wants something else. And they say, "You guys aren't real." My fantasy uh, uh, meme chamber that I, I w- go online to absorb and then go on MSNBC to be ratified in the real world is real because I see it on TV. That's what makes it real. And I, and- I, I, I yeah. I, I think one thing that I was really interested in 
uh, during the RNC is I I love uh, Republican Russiagate. It's Obamagate. <laughs> the thing the yeah their main scandal the sort of like the impetus for a lot of QAnon stuff that Obama started a campaign to illegally spy on Trump. Yeah. Try to follow some of the characters in this saga. You have Lisa, lovely Lisa Page and Peter Struzik, <laughs> uh, Nellie and Bruce Orr, Glenn Simpson. Uh, what have all these people done? They lied about knowing each other. Or they sent a document to a FISA court. What effect did this have? Actually, nothing. But <laughs> if you're a Republican, they're the reason that riots are happening. They're the reason that we have 30% unemployment. They're the reason that the demon Fauci has convinced the genius Trump to, <laughs> you know, do do whatever. They're the reason for they're the reason for every bad thing. Just like how RussiaGate, you know, if you're some liberal psycho who knows the name 30 Gru officials and is deeply obsessed with how the posting of uh, you know some minions meme about vaccines <laughs> caused all of this. Similarly, uh, that's your key to understanding everything. And the the Obamagate stuff, I love it because search for the term Nellie Orr on Twitter, and you will find people who they're the mirror of your MSNBC mom or dad or aunt or uncle who are constantly fucking talking to you about Carter Page and the FISA warrants and all this shit that had just no fucking effect on anything and no one but them cares about. But that's, the future is, the parties will have no difference. They'll both be the parties of austerity. They'll both be the parties of for just cutting off the last little bits, the last little inches of coverage of the safety net and endless war. But you will vote for them uh, based on whether you think Nellie or or Carter Page caused all of America's problems, yeah, yeah, and that is, yeah, and, and I think it's well, amazing. It just, the Obama Gate stuff is so it's so interesting to me because Republicans also like that too. They love the thing. Twitter isn't real life. Oh, what happens when you cucked lefties go in the real world and people don't care about your shit? And there are some things that's true about, it and then some things that's it's completely the opposite. Or actually, a lot of Americans are just some of these ideas and alienated by some but it's like what do you think a normal person would do if you went up to them and started ranting about bruce Orr? <laughs> what do you think what do you think your normal family members think when you go to thanksgiving and you get so mad you stand up at the kids table because that's where you're relegated to now and a gun falls out of your waistband while you're screaming about how glenn simpson met with met with uh fucking peter strizek no one cares this shit is as much of a phantom and as much of an abstraction as like you know your hated your hated Tumblr straw men who are like going to the DNC and making Joe Biden recognize other kin. <laughs> there is, uh, I think, but even here, once again, there's a distinction that benefits the GOP if we're entering an era, which it looks like we might be, where there is only there are all, all elections, including presidential elections, are just about mobilizing a base. Because the people who are not invested in a partisan lens for explaining the world have rightfully concluded that the political process is extraneous to their lives and don't give a shit anymore. And so it is only about organizing committed Democrats and committed Republicans. And that's what we saw in both of these conventions so far. And they both require you know, uh, activating these very obscure uh, explanatory models that persist on the cable news that the old people that make up the majority of both of these groups watch uh but there's 
even there, there's a distinction because whereas, yeah, that the, the stuff about Nelly Orr and uh, and uh, Bruce Greengrabs or whatever the fuck they're <laughs> and, and the and the unmasking of the of the FISA warrant. That is as obscure as uh, Peter Cherkinosko and uh, Steve Stroganoff uh, doing uh, Ukraine crimes is. But with the Democrats, because they're pitching towards their base, which is largely comfortable older people like it is with the Democrats, relatively comfortable to other people in America, older people like the Republicans, then they can't activate the most the stuff that gets maybe their younger voters excited. This, the, the, the radical stuff, you know, like and, and you and I mean, I might even roll my eyes at a lot of the language of, of, of the current moment in terms of like le- liberal uh, reaction to police brutality or whatever. But it's still undigestible, if only because it's not fitted. It, it doesn't fit within the current political reality. It's undigestible by the Democratic Party. So they can't even they can't even throw some chum to the younger people to get them excited. They have to, it has to be about about grandpa whereas uh for the republicans the stuff that gets their younger voters or their less uh fox news addled grandpa voters excited like race war and 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 like a coming conflict with uh you know the hordes of one kind or another they can actually they can press those buttons because it's all like one holistic thing they're not they're what they're pushing for isn't anything that really is undeliverable because it's mostly uh, a gesture uh, within their system because it gets it gets Republicans out, whereas Democrats are terrified because they're still imagining that they're going to get those undecided voters. They, because a base strategy is essentially impossible for the Democrats to really do because it, impl- it would require activating people who would make demands that they cannot meet. I mean, I mean, a perfect example of that, Matt, is like, look how absolutely straitjacketed the Democrats, the Democrats are right now with regards to like yeah. Black Lives Matter protests or like ongoing yeah. police shootings and violence that yeah. results, you know, because like all they, they just look at one poll to be like, uh oh, like it's Black Lives Matter isn't popular anymore among suburban white people like better. But like, you know, they're straitjacketed because they can't they have to say like, oh, well. People are right to feel angry, but they're wrong to protest in a way that's too uh, scary for others or like, you know, like or, or that they can't the, demand the violence things. done to property. And, and, and as a result of this is as bad or worthy of condemnation as the police killing people in the first place. And they can't propose any of the radical uh, uh, stuff that people want, like police defunding, because it goes against like the the realistic structure of, of politics. But crucially, it's not like they could say. Like maybe somebody else could have said, I don't know, a guy, older gentleman with glasses could have said like that this is one struggle against a noose tightening around the neck of every American. And that if we come together, we can get that noose off of our fucking neck because they have they can't they cannot broaden the point to be about like uh, capitalism, say, because they are as enthralled to it as the Republicans are. So they can't do anything. They can't. They can't accede to the mob as they see it. But they can't. Re, they can't try retriangulate around like a peaceful movement towards broader social change because they cannot and will not endorse that. So they can't do anything. Whereas the Republicans can just cheerlead a guy who shoots people and say uh, the cops should be unleashed because it doesn't conflict in any way with uh, carrying out power. 
Well, Matt, this gets to a point you you brought up on the stream about uh, the, the Democrats as the dream police or the the party of our American super ego. Is that like you know they've conditioned themselves and their voters to believe that like expecting anything from them is gauche, and that like yeah. they they understand that they exist to channel and divert the pressure in our society that's created by. Uh, the working class or progressive or like any any kind of nascent populism or the left, broadly speaking, to sort of channel that and diffuse it. And offering things to people creates a precedent that like it, it's a vicious cycle where people will expect more. So they can't do that. They always have to be tamping down on people's expectations, whereas the Republicans are yep. totally unencumbered by that because obviously they're full of shit about everything they talk about is, when it comes to anything other than killing people overseas and enriching the wealthy at the expense of everything, everyone else in this country. But I mean, they're not, they're not encumbered by having to manage expectations of their voter base. They can keep stoking it up as fucking hot as it'll go. Keep feeding them that slop that they want. And, and it works. Um, another, another, uh, just another broad impression I had watching the Republican convention is like, here's another, another big theme that I noticed throughout all of the speakers is, it's it's Donald Trump's own personal family members and in-laws telling you how anyone can make it in America if you through hard work. But the other thing is like even if you expand it out beyond his immediate family, a big theme of the speakers was that you don't know the Donald Trump that I do. And if only you all 320 million of you could be in the room with him when he negotiates trade deals for America that puts America first or you know talks to foreign leaders or if you could just see him up close the way I do, then you would realize that your impression of him based on literally everything you've seen him say, do, or uh, appear as, and not just his political life, but his entire public life as a figure in this country, you'd know that that's wrong. I know I know you may think he he is exactly as he appears, which is a buffoonist huckster and con man. But actually what I'm telling you, because I'm his family, I'm his fucking daughter in law, is that like, no, it's just the media lying to you that he's actually up close and personal, a humane, generous, compassionate, patient and learned man. Yep. I mean, why would you want to listen to your eyes seeing him for four years when you can listen to me, his fucking daughter in law? <laughs> oh, it's so much more uncanny and unnerving than the Biden thing because Biden, they did that with Biden. There are so many countless stories of how he's a nice guy, but that's such an easier sale with Biden because, you know, I don't know whether he does or not, but Biden's very good at seeming as though he enjoys talking to people and enjoys people and is interested in them. I think that's a sale job. He's one of the last great retail politicians. Yes. But when you see him, you recognize human behavior when you see trump like you said there's some vignettes of the rnc where he had to talk to normal people who <laughs> couldn't so good. who did people who couldn't give him anything and it was the most unnatural it was like when aj would talk to rosalie or any of his mom's other friends yeah it was just so unnatural <laughs> and awful yeah it's like what do you what do you he's like lloyd and dumb and dumber what do you drink in there big gulps ah delightful <laughs> We love these notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, see you later. Because it's like <laughs> good talk. Because the thing is, it's it's not just it's not just that. Oh, ever since he's become pre president, oh, the media is so unfair to him. They 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 criticize him so unfairly. They lie about him all the time. It's like he was a public figure in America for decades before he ran for president, in which that he self consciously advertised himself as a completely sleazy, fucking uh, corrupt shithead. 
and has never given anyone any impression that he's anything other than that. And the funny thing is, is unlike every other politician, and they love to talk about how, hey, Donald Trump's not a politician. He's not a career politician. And I'd say that's true in the extent that like he's one of the only ones who actually does his own tweets that are yes. basically his unfiltered thoughts. So it's just like he's letting you in the room, America. But what you're like, but what you see is exactly as it appears to be. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no canny uh, subterfuge involved here. He is, as Groucho Marx says, like you know, Your Honor, my client. He looks like an idiot. He talks like an idiot. But don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. And with Trump, it's not even that he's an idiot. It's that he is just transparently the most venal, uncaring, and incurious human being who's maybe ever existed. And Felix, you talked about those video yep. packages where he like uh, has to talk to uh, and be in the same room with like regular Americans. Let's get into now like some of my favorite actual moments from the RNC so far. And I, I'm going to lead it off with it was a it was a package on night one where he was speaking uh, from the White House, uh, just sort of like in a little semicircle, with a bunch of Americans that he's freed from foreign prisons. That, like, he got them out of jail because yeah. I mean, they just happened to be in Iran for some reason, you know, and then they were arrested yeah. unjustly. Taking a hike. So it was like all these people sitting with him, and they were just like smiling and genuflecting before him, like, like thank you. You know, I, I really thought I was going to be in Turkish prison for the rest of my life. But, you know, Mr. Trump, you talked to Erdogan, who's a good man. And, uh, you know, after he imprisoned me, he let me out. Thanks to you, Mr. Trump. And it was just seeing him, like these people just being like, yeah. In my darkest moment, like, you know, I, I, th I thought I would never return or see my family again. And I, you know, I didn't know what they were going to do with me. And then just Trump just grins like an idiot and goes, that's great. Wonderful. So good to hear it. <laughs> you're so glad you're back. You, you're still in Utah now? Like that, that to me was one of the, that was the funniest clip from the first night of him trying to relate to these people that he's sprung from fucking Turkish prison. That was truly insane. Like when he thanked Erdogan. For the guy who's like captured him, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, that's the whole program. <laughs> that's it. And they were, and I just liked that. That was the guy, really good. I was like, uh, we love Erdogan is delightful because you have to have that attitude towards authority to see Trump as like a friend of yours. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think about so much of this convention was about China. It was about shaking the saber at China. China gave us this virus. China, China, China. But it's like, I don't know how you can do that line with Trump because he is, like, every time he's talked to Xi, like, talk about a mismatch. Like, yeah. can you think of anyone who's risen through a political snake pit? Like the President guy got Xi? sent down to the country during the Cultural Revolution, and he made yeah. his way back from there, like, harming millet at gunpoint to being in charge of a country of over a billion people one of the most impressive rises in global political history yeah she and um he every time trump talk goes goes away from talk to him he's like it's not just that he like it's not really that he admires him it's that he's like you are a beautiful special man and i yep. love you <laughs> because and he told like, you yeah. as he said your tie is wonderful it's certainly not uh far too long and uh somehow getting caught in your zipper <laughs> Think about what wow, yeah. this guy, he's like, think it's got too. Think about the, think about like the maneuvers she had to make to end up where he is. Yeah. Think about them. Think about all the people he had to outmaneuver. Think about, think about all the schemes. Think about just like the incredible political machinations. And then think about like, he sees Donald Trump and is like, oh, you look, you, you look like you look thinner. Sir. I mean, he is, he's created a, a anti-corruption movement that like, simultaneously at the same time 
uh, like validates the uh, his authority to the public at large by by directly addressing one of the the, the signal like alienation points up between the party and like the people, while eliminating threats to his personal ability to exercise power, and he's been doing it for years. It's and he's doing it against billionaires. Yeah, one of the most impressed just as far as solidifying his power. Yeah, and institutional dominance one of the most impressive people in the world and then his the guy across the table from me is this guy who won by accident yes (laughs) his entire life won the genetic lottery by being the son of a rich guy his dad just gave him his empire for him to fuck up and ruin three times every time he was saved by the fact that his name was useful as a front to launder money for Uh, and then he went on he was he had a tv show and a lot yeah. enough people saw him on TV that they liked the cut of his jib. There was enough American cultural and intellectual degeneration yes. that they saw this guy fire Tito Ortiz and was like, "America should be run like a businessman, and I want this businessman." Yeah. If he could do well, that, this to brings t- me if he could do that. If he could do that to Meatloaf, imagine what he could do to the EU. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, this brings me. But, this but, brings but, me to, but uh, it's like. That that's what's so like the incongruity of because that is another incongruity is the Republican the Republican message since Nixon of like a foreign policy hardline of I mean actually it started out very similar to what Biden sounds like now of American leadership and dominance that was a big Romney line was what a weak pussy Obama was yeah. and how he would make America respected again in contrast with this guy who. His only the only thing he really thinks of, like, yeah, he's he's a vulgar imperialist in the sense that he sees the resources of other countries and openly declares that it should be ours in a far less subtle way than uh, our Samantha Powers or Madeleine Albright's do. But generally, what is he looking for interpersonally? Not dominance, but he's looking for compliments. Yep. Yes, like, he wants people to tell him he's a good boy. Yep. Yes, <laughs> a seventy-two-year-old. That's man why he loves who, the people. Like, yeah. That's why he loves the people that he sprung from prison because yeah, they all love why, him. Like, and that yeah, is yeah. why he is the most authentic president in history, and why he has got a degree of emotional connection to his base that is, surpasses everyone ever. Because that is true of them as well, and that's true of everybody. But yep. in a very specific, colicky old white person way, they want people. They like their grandchildren, their snot mouse grandchildren, or the 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 multicultural ch- uh, perverts on TV to validate them and say they're good. And that's so what, see, yeah, yeah. And they see Trump, and they're like, yes, yes. And if he wins, which he will, because he's the president, he can suborn the world to his fucking desires. That that means that they're just as validated uh, by watching him and rooting for him and identifying with him. And that's like, yeah, I well, okay. you know what you know what is such an amazing psychological insight to me is all the conservative memes. Where they put, they pretend that Denzel Washington or Jennifer Aniston is saying something where they agree with them. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> because it's like it's not like they know in their heart of hearts. It's like I don't want James Woods or John Voight. I don't no. care about these old fucks. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I wish someone cool liked me. Yeah. Well, I'll just make it up. I'll just yep. fucking make it up. Yep. Well, this gets me to um, uh, uh, two other like sort of uh, meta themes to the Republican convention that I've noticed. And uh, the, the first one is, is sort of like an, uh, uh, 
an addendum to the all these bad problems that you see on the news wouldn't be happening if Trump was president is that uh, the, 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 the sort of corollary to that is that uh, Trump built the, the world's strongest economy ever until February of this year. And by the way, yeah, uh, everything that's happened since then doesn't count because of China. And they kept saying, like, it was all going so perfectly. And then China released their virus in America. But (laughs) Trump, but Trump, but Trump, he had the foresight that he was the first one to shut down travel from China, which is such a fucking funny line because it's like, Matt, as you pointed out, the the actual viral spread on the East Coast of the United States came from Europe. It came from travel from Europe. And even if you want to accept that, like, China spread this disease to America, uh, guess what? They've stopped it. They've cured it in their country. In Wuhan, they're having fucking pool rave parties right now where we're all stuck inside with our thumbs up our fucking asses because of this <laughs> but shit. Imagine, and imagine it's still it's not getting any better. It's only getting fucking worse. But imagine how much worse it would be if he hadn't stopped the Chinese travel. That's the, that's the out that will always oh, right. exist. And that is why any... That's why yeah, 200,000 people would be dead. Comes down, that's why people are always stunned by how Trump is still popular considering how terrible everything is. If you're invested in a narrative and in, in, in heroes, there's always a worse case that was avoided by the actions of the people you like. You assume that your enemies would do just as bad or, in fact, worse. Worse. So it's like, yeah, we have failed at every level and we have the worst COVID response in the world. But if he hadn't stopped those Chinese uh, planes, how much worse would it have been? How many more are dead? And you and because there's no you can never answer that question. It could be whatever you want it to be. It could be well, there'd be, there'd be ten million people dead if it hadn't been for the Chinese travel stop. And that's why you. That's why the only hope for Democrats is that people who aren't partisanly attached are paying attention. Which 2016 suggested they much they rapidly are losing connection to. And their big hope is that like the horror of this moment is getting people to. Re- re-engage with the political process and like looking at this stuff not through a partisan lens and being and seeing the absurdity of what Trump is saying but that's a gamble when they're committed to staying on the democratic course which they are they are strapped to the wheel then there is nothing to get there's no reason to assume that the actions of the non-partisan are going to inherently end up amounting to them coming back to politics and not just checking it out completely because I got other stuff, way more important stuff in my life to worry about. Well, this gets to this gets to like the the, the next and last sort of like meta narrative that I want to talk about, which is um, uh, Matt, you brought this up on stream, but like a parade of people discussing things that Trump has accomplished or done that like, for instance, uh, an American citizen is being um, imprisoned by a, a foreign government that, you know, uh, that only Donald Trump would be the president who would work behind the scenes to release them. That like the, the the barest minimum of competence that literally anyone in power would do as president of the United States. Trump doing that is like evidence of what a brilliant leader he is, and also unique in that like oh like uh, no other president would have done that. Like Joni Ernst came on the last night to talk about the derecho that like fucking crushed her fucking state recently, and she's just like. And guess what? You know, Trump was there a week later with uh, federal disaster relief funds for my state. Thank you, Mr. Trump. And it's just like any president would have done that. Like, what, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Like these, like, these are not special accomplishments done by Trump here. This is just like, uh, oh, like, wow, like uh, President Donald Trump. Um, like, yeah, like he, uh, he's, he, he has an office in the White House. Pretty impressive. Yeah. 
there were, my favorite of those and the most emblematic one for me just as a perfect example of 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 how misery deepens people's connections to these fucking frauds and and these false promises is one of the guys he talked to was a uh, one of the guys who talked i think on the first night was a, uh, a doctor in louisiana who contracted covid uh and and he said i i contracted covid i was tested quickly and i followed results and then i received z packs and i received medical attention and now i feel good and it's like you think Donald Trump is the reason that you got a Z-Pack and you got a hospital bed after you caught the virus that ran riot through the country largely due to his incompetence? <laughs> like, are you not annoyed at all that you got COVID in the first place? No, that's inevitable. That's the Chinese. There was some other, like... The thing, the thing that... the thing, I get to pick the thing that I can put give Trump's name to, and it's the fact that I saw a doctor after I got sick. Like... Hey, if Trump wasn't yep, here, like how do we know night, that the sun would still rise every day? Uh, last night, there was this fucking worm, like Republican politician from Long Island who was just talking about like, hey, uh, you know, after the plague hit New York State, you know, we asked the government for PPE. And what do you know? It They sent it to us. It's just, <laughs> oh, wow. Fucking great accomplishment. They were able to ship a bunch of cloths, masks in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Way to fucking go. Yeah, I, I, I think you'll I think you'll find that, you know, even at the height of covid in New York state, um, there were no pyres with bodies being lit aflame in the streets. So, you know, uh, we're doing pretty good. But this is thanks to President Trump's leadership. Yep. And once again, it's a fantasy that can only be sustained by the tunnel vision Americans insist upon because other countries ruled by demonic uh, uh, globalists. were able to provide every single thing that you're uh, giving cre- Trump credit for for giving you. Yeah, so where's the value add here? I would say the biggest globalist in the world, Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, I don't know. Seems to seems to have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you run the government like a business. Maybe you run it like a May December romance where you're the May and she's the <laughs> December. But seems like one went better than the other. Even that demon, even that Jupiterian false god, that pagan idol Macron. Forget the globalists. How about just the actual tyrannical communist states? Seems like they've done the best job of containing this virus. Um, well, well, I mean, right. you can talk about how good a job Cuba did, but do you really want to celebrate the end of COVID and lockdown with uh, pizza that uses condoms instead of cheese? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, here, here's another. There was one moment last night that I want to talk about that was the moment that I was hoping for in this Republican convention that I mostly was denied. I was actually overall, I was just disappointed in how fucking boring it was. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I just thought it would be crazier. I thought it would like, I, they're, they're doing it just pretty much like a straight convention, but without a big audience. And it's just sort of one boring speech after another. I was hoping there'd be more like, you know, zoom videos from people's houses and stuff. And, it was, you know, a, a grim and boring and horrifying spectacle in a way that's like, you know, not, seems like a tim and eric sketch you know so except save for this one moment last night and we were all watching it this is after mike pence had spoken for what seemed like 50 fucking minutes of which i paid almost no attention to because of just how boring and disturbing he is human salmonex but after pence gives his speech uh the big boy comes out the big boy strides out trump comes out on stage with him with melania and it's it's pence and his wife and trump and melania and they're there and he's grinning like an idiot 
And then uh, country music superstar Trace Adkins comes out. Uh, as you pointed out, Matt, uh, a former contestant on The Apprentice with Donald Trump yep. to sing uh, the national anthem. And, of course, everyone has to stand for the national anthem. But for some reason, the front row of the audience was just a sort of a long line of disabled people who needed the assistance of walkers, crutches, or other human beings to stand up. So there was the surreal spectacle of them all being forced to stand for the national anthem. I say forced to because I'm sure all these people despite their various disabilities and ailments, you know, would, wouldn't dream of remaining seated for the national anthem, despite, you know, not being able to. Um, so that, that was funny. But then once the anthem was over, Trump comes to like the, the front of the sort of dividing line in front of the stage and then makes this entire line of disabled people like hobble over to him. Like it was Lords or something. And he was going to like cure them of their, their diseases or whatever. That was the one like actually, bizarre and insane bit of like television like am i really seeing this and is this a dream moment that i thought really delivered oh yeah watching them crawl towards him basically like <laughs> like it's todd browning's freaks uh that was a hell of a moment <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you guys have any other uh fun like little takeaway moments or speakers that i've that i've missed uh, from the convention so far i mean would you agree with me that like overall it's been mostly a grim and boring spectacle yeah, news. my main takeaway is that it was far more dull and shitty than the DNC, which is incredible. I expected fireworks. We all expected fireworks. But, I mean, that's what happens when you have neocon Don and he's no longer the anti-establishment candidate. You just yeah, get, you you get Bob Do- you get Bob Dole, Mitt Romney, George H.W. get their conventions. That's what we had. We had a billion people go up there and say, I made $300,000 last year because uh, I own a, a, a antique stamp business and Donald Trump's going to lower my capital gains mm-hmm. so I can, I can you know, adopt another kid and make them evangelical. Horrible. Horrible. Not the insane spectacle <laughs> that we saw in 2016. Uh, I was just blown. You know what? This convinced me that they'll lose. It was so the fucking dull. I was like, they just don't have it anymore. I mean, the only way they, the, the Democrats keep trying to throw, though, Pelosi oh, yeah. today going like, uh, Matt, your prediction came true. Called Pelosi it. went, I'm, it. we're not going to platform this fashion. Yep. Yep. I said <laughs> By that. By having said a debate. That what, there's that, every incentive to prevent Biden from debating because you can whack him out with as much uh, uh, Ibogaine as you want, but you don't know what he's going to do on the live stage when he has to answer questions. And the, the, the way to get around that without just admitting that his brain is turned to Swiss Jesus say, well, do we want to validate the president of the United States? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we stop you're running for president, go away. Yeah, yeah. I uh, you're running yeah, for president, so and you're running for really president. Do. I'm sorry, the contempt- they're 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 running for president on the explicit platform of we need someone to stand up to Donald Trump, save for if we we have to be in a room with him, speaking to him for over an hour. No, yeah. we can't do that. Yep. I'm sorry, like yep. that makes you look so fucking weak. Yep. It makes you look like you're ducking him when you should be relishing the opportunity to fucking be on stage with him. Yeah. And by the way, guys, this just came across the transom right before we started recording. Uh, Trump calls for drug tests before debate with Biden. Listen to this. <laughs> does, President does Trump is calling for drug, drug tests. 
That was smart. President Trump is calling for drug tests to be administered before the first presidential debate with Democratic nominee Joe Biden next month. Trump made the demand in an Oval Office interview with the Washington Examiner on Wednesday, saying he noticed a sudden improvement in Biden's primary debate performance against Senator Bernie Sanders in March. He offered no evidence to support a suggestion that the improvement could have been the result of drugs. Uh, nobody thought he was going to win, Trump said, because his debate performances were so bad. Fr- frankly, his best performance was against Bernie. We're going to call for a drug test, by the way, because his best performance was against Bernie. It wasn't that he was Winston Churchill because he wasn't. It was a normal, boring debate, you know. Nothing happened. And we're going to call for a drug test because there's no way. You can't do that. I just, <laughs> yeah. He's, right, he's not way. wrong. He, he, he's sees, re- he sees. Remember, he knows. Remember how he was completely off of the grid for a month after that debate? It took at least that long for his brain to recover from getting it, the yeah. fucking drug from Crank ejected directly into his neck. <laughs> it's like the end of every X-Men movie when Wolverine takes part in this massive battle where he like gets impaled by an eye beam and you, yeah. he has to recover. He has to regenerate over a month. That's what happens every time they just fucking put a Vyvan's eyedroppers in Biden's in Biden's But this is a perfect is. example of the way that the Democrats... The, their problem and the thing that might lose them this race still uh, is 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 that they're in their little chamber and they think that they think that the etiquette and they think that the internal logic of their system of manners is universal and even outside even out at, just outside of the realm of, of like Democrat voters because she says we don't want to I don't think there should be a debate because he doesn't deserve it he's been a naughty boy uh, I mean. That makes sense to Democrats because they bought the deplatforming thing as a meaningful concept. If you don't know what that is or care and haven't absorbed the reasoning, it just sounds like you're ducking Trump because you're afraid of him because your candidate's nine million years old. And, and that is that is what's so to bring it full circle. Twitter isn't real life. It's amazing what is and isn't real life for the Democrats. Yeah, because the stuff that the left liberal sphere. Uh, online in the hyper media consumer bubble, everyone from Warren diehards to Bernie voters who still keep drinking that garbage and vote straight dick ticket Democrat every time, even though they get screamed at and called racist. Um, the things that they don't take health care, card check, anything that would make anyone's life better, uh, maybe a less interventionist foreign policy, things like that. They are just – they are screamed at for that. You are a piece of shit if you want that. What do you think this is? you think your timeline's the world? No one wants this crap you want even though it's the most broadly supported stuff. But the stuff they do take – Except for take, 80% sort of, the, of the Democratic Party. Exactly. Exactly. This is the most broadly popular stuff. But the stuff they do take is this sort of weird merger of sort of uh, like anarchist left language that's been picked up by liberals since 2017 – where you could use it when, you know, Bernie gets endorsed by Joe Rogan. Oh, are you platforming this? You could use it when your your candidate is too decrepit to debate and you hate Americans so much you don't want us to have one goddamn fun thing this year. One thing! Just give one, us give this us old this. man jabbering at one another, for God's sake! Give me three debates, I will vote for this old piece of shit. Please. <laughs> Please, and I will know. fucking. I'll move to fucking. So I'll move to. You turn Minnesota into a swing state because you <laughs> suck so fucking much. You suck. That fucking blue state. You turn it into a fucking swing state. But if you just give me this debate, you old wet piece of shit. I'll just fucking vote for him. I'll go. I'll fucking buy a house right now. Just like just 
fucking give us this one thing. We can't fucking do anything. I live in fucking New York. I can't even buy mango-flavored vapes anymore. They cut Medicaid, but that's going to save public health. Just give me this fucking debate. Jesus Christ. No, no. <laughs> it would be rewarding bad behavior. Nope. Yeah. nope, nope. Can't have it. We would be rewarding bad behavior. We don't want to reward bad behavior. And that's that, that shows this is why the Democrats are doomed, because... They used to at least be able to sell bullshit that was like in the framework of the broader cultural context. Now they can only bullsh- sell bullshit to Democrats. You have to already have accepted. You have to have already signed on to their world for their bullshit to work. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I can't even buy a fucking gun. I can't buy a fucking gun, much less a delicious melon sour vape. And I'm a 30 year old man. Why can't just. Let Joe talk about a hot dog stand for three hours. It's all I fucking. It's the only thing I wanted this year. The only fucking thing, you fucking pieces of shit. I think we all agree it's looking increasingly unlikely like we will get any presidential debates. Um, they're, nah, you know, nah. everyone looks to be back out of it. But, you know, we, we, we want to we, we want Nancy, the Take the debate. leash off, Hold Hunter. Hold on, though. Just today, I saw that Don Jr had to explicitly deny when asked that he was yipped up for his convention speech, despite the fact that he looked... You know, he was Obviously little, fucking gacked. His little, his little, his little pimp, pink rat eyes just in his teeth grinding down to the fucking gums. Disgusting. Yeah. But then, of course, he, he denied it, and he was like, no, I absolutely wasn't. And by the way, why aren't you asking this of Hunter, who's a, you know, he's, a, he's an open cocaine addict? And I'm just like, well, okay, when Hunter spoke, it was a pre-produced package, so it's obviously a little bit more on a curve, but I'm sorry, uh, he had his shit together for that. He did not look yes. fucked up talking about normal. his dad and dead brother. He looked yeah. normal. He looked like a normal guy. He wasn't fucking, yeah. his eyes were darting back and forth like a fucking Gila monster and fucking <laughs> just, just like licking his lips and just going like, you know, stretching his jaw every half a second. I mean, like Don Jr. wasn't really doing, it just, he, he looked like he had pink eye. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. And, and of course, his vocal, his, 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 his staccato bursts of energetic verbal um, uh, He looked like one of those were, white, let's just say, telling. Freeze- those bite white Bichon freezes that like old rich ladies of the upper west oh, side. Oh god, yeah, they the get the, the red the disgusting yeah. red brown red eyes just eyes. dripping out. Oh, disgusting. And it also came he, that speech where his, with his little pig uh coke eyes happened right after his girlfriend went out there looking like she just fucking snorted the first baseline at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> 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 but she had, she had, no, she, she seemed jacked up, but in like a cool way. Cause she was just yeah, like, no, fun way. She yeah. was like fucking like uh, Melina, Van Morrison. Nights. Yeah. Van Morrison in concert or something. Just fucking sweating, screaming, mouth open. Fucking, oh man. She was, she was a real queen. But Don just came across like a little rat. He just looked like a little rat boy. It was disgusting, awful, and we're not and we're not going to get the sons debate either. Why? Yeah, they they really they despise us. They despise us. They They don't want us to have any fun. Just yeah, goddamn, it's the no fun world. We live in Escape from L.A. and there's no Kurt Russell. Maybe Hunter's (laughs) Kurt. Maybe Hunter's Kurt Russell. Maybe one of these days. Maybe I think he might be the Mahdi guys. Oh, I think God. I think Hunter might be the Mahdi. I don't know what else to believe in anymore. I would He's vote the occluded for Pliskin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give us please give us something. Please. A little, a little treat. A little treaty treat. 
Oh yeah, there are no treats left in this <laughs> nope. fucking country. I mean, I guess no I'll, 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 yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll leave you with this. Like the Republicans are like, yeah, we'll offer you something if you're already like a pathologically cruel, sadistic fucking pig. Uh, we'll we'll yes. give you the uh, psychic balm of fucking inflicting pain on other people to distract yep. you from the howling void of your loveless, miserable life. And if you're Indeed. a Democrat, you're like, hey, we're the party of good people. Guess what? Good, decent Americans who have, are compassionate and care about the world they live in and the country that the future that they're leaving to their children. Uh, you get nothing. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. You fuck get you. Nothing. Fuck you. We don't maybe give you a shit to, about maybe, you. We don't care about yeah. you. Maybe if you swallow all whatever little bit of pride you have left and uh, vote for the guy endorsed by every every architect of the CIA torture program. Maybe if you just you accept four to eight years of austerity with this guy that you swore you would never vote for so you could impress girls on your timeline in 2019 Ah. and you do it anyway, maybe like maybe maybe Richard Neal shows you Donald Trump's tax returns. He's not going to jail, by the way. Oh, that was maybe, so good. Maybe you see them. That's so good. The Richard Neal thing the, was so good. The Pelosi oh, statement so about like, oh, hey, yeah, if like, hey, if you if you elect him again he, on the House Ways and Means Committee, he's going to go after Trump's tax returns. It's like he was on that committee for the last four years and didn't do shit and explicitly stopped anything motion from going forward on like any investigation in that regard. But they're like, oh no, vote for him this time. He's going to do it. It, they could not transparently one, hate you more or just have – they could not have any less respect you. for you or your fucking – yeah. Because, but the thing is is that it's, it's also the end of the chain of reasoning because you say, like, you can't even get anything. You can't even – you get nothing, but you get to be a good person. But it's not just voting for Democrats that make you a good person. <laughs> it is not getting anything. You're voting yeah. – you're not voting for a re- – voting for your own advancement? That's not very virtuous. You vote to signal goodness. You would never ask for anything in return. That wouldn't be good. You wouldn't be a good person if you did that. So that's like they're tied together. You can't get any libidinal jollies like the, the, the Republicans are offering the most sadistic freaks that we have in this country. But you also can't get, because uh, that's gross, but you also can't get any actual material advancement because that, uh, undermines the sanctity of the act of voting for Democrats, which is selfless. You vote for a Democrat, so so this hypo- hypothetical child can see Obama or Hillary or whoever. Yep. Maybe maybe if they're uh, you know a lifelong CIA asset, they get uh, inspired by Pete. They can see themselves, and maybe one day they could be that hyper ambitious person. That's the only thing they've been selling you your entire life. Yep. Since Clinton, since they had their I mean, last just white pedophile in there, white male pedophile in there. <laughs> They've just given you these uh, totems that maybe one day you'll inspire a kid instead of a guy who fucks them. (laughs) The fucked up thing, though, is that they really do have everyone in advice. If you do think of yourself as like a decent person who does care about the future or other people or would like your own life to be made easier by, let's say, everyone else's life being made easier or less miserable or fucking vicious or violent. Um, they, They do have you in advice because they're just explicitly telling you. Oh yeah, we recognize all your problems, but like, oh, we're not going to do anything about them. We're we're going to give you access to a lawyer when you get evicted. That's what we're offering you, and they got you an advice because look, as you watch the RNC, their their message is, hey, if you're an aspiring spree killer, we're on your side. Go <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, we we support you. So I mean, like, you're yeah. fucked. I mean, like, what are you going to do? We're checkmated in every fucking regard. Like, there's. 
It's it's grim. It's fucking it's grim out there, folks. Man, I I don't, I don't have bummer. any answers in this regard. Uh, yeah, don't have any answers. Yep. Here's a list of petitions y'all can sign to make the Suns debate happen. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Fun out of this. Please, please. Well, I mean, I guess like to you know to to pull it back uh, briefly before ending the show. I mean, I guess. You know, we're seeing all you know, just all this horrible shit continue to happen and metastasize in this country. I just, I, we don't have any answers for it. It's you know, hard to do an entertaining show just only talking about misery. But I, I guess we, I just, I'll leave you with we will leave the uh, the link to donate to the um, Wisconsin Bail Fund. Was that Felix? What you got? You guys were uh, uh, raising money for on the the stream last night. We'll, we'll yeah. keep that going uh, today in the uh, in the the uh, show information. If you want to kick in some money or do something, and I don't mean to like disparage the idea of doing something as just inherently childish or naive. Uh, you know, sort of like as we always said, like realizing any of this shit, it doesn't get you off the hook at all. I mean, you still have to try or do something, and even though it may may seem, you know, insurmountable or inadequate given the moment, I mean. It's what we got, and until we have something better, I mean, we'll let you know when we find it. But until then, consider kicking in some money for this this bail fund to support people in uh, Wisconsin right now. So, I mean, that that's all. That's all I'll say. That's yeah. all I'll leave you with. What do you say, guys? Will that do it? Yeah. Until next, oh. next time. Till next time. Bye bye. bye.